I'm Mindy Peterson, and this is Enhanced Life with Music, the layperson's guide to enjoying music's benefits. With us today from Syracuse, New York, is nostalgia expert Dr. Christine Bacho, a professor of psychology at Lemoyne College in New York. She is a regular expert contributor on the Psychology Today website. Her scholarly publications have been widely cited, and she is frequently interviewed by the media on topics of current interest. Welcome to the show, Dr. Batcho. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure to be with you. Well, that time of year is here. We're hearing Christmas music everywhere, <laughs> and there's nothing for me like holiday music to immediately put me in that holiday spirit. For me, yep. that means Christmas with its cultural and religious celebrations, and it's kind of bookended by Thanksgiving and New Year's. The best way to describe this holiday mood seems to be the term nostalgia, and nostalgia can be definitely bittersweet. So if you hear Christmas music and mostly have bitter feelings, hang with us, because we're going to talk to you too. (laughs) Uh, This feeling of nostalgia seems to peak around the holidays, and it's universal. It crosses cultures, age, economic demographics and historical periods. Can you start us off with a definition of a, of nostalgia? For our purposes today, how would you define nostalgia? Oh, that's an excellent question. For our purposes today, I will use the definition that I've been researching, which is a bittersweet emotion that reflects our longing for or our missing things from our personal past. Mm. Okay. And why is it that the holidays and holiday music really conjure up these intense feelings of nostalgia? Well, holidays and especially holiday music contain certain elements that are triggers really for nostalgia. Uh, For example, there is research that shows, including some of my own, that nostalgic songs are characterized by autobiographical relevance. In other words, people can relate to the themes or the content of the songs to events or memories from their own lives. And also, then there's this sense of familiarity or union with the song itself in terms of either its lyrics or even its uh, musical instrumentation. Uh, the the emotions attached to that, as you pointed out, can be mixed. It's not universally happy. They can also elicit some sadness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the way you just talked about nostalgia, would you say it has sort of a sense of uh, identity, kind of maintaining the sense of who we are? It absolutely does that. It's very helpful in a number of ways, and you just cited one of those benefits. A psychological benefit of nostalgia in general, and then we could apply it specifically to nostalgic music, is that it helps us cope with the fact that life is constantly changing. Mm. And not only is everything changing around us, but we are changing and all the people that we relate to are changing. And although that seems wonderful because it's exciting, we don't get bored, Mm -hmm. that can also be outrageously stressful. Research going back for decades in psychology have shown that coping with change is stressful, even if it's good change. Uh, When you mention identity, this is particularly important because 
if we thought that we aren't the same person we were when we were three years old or 13 years old, there would be a frightening aspect to that because then the question becomes, is there anything about us, the capital letter I, when we talk about I do this or I feel that, Mm -hmm. that remains despite all the change? Mm. Interesting. There's this quote that I read once. I'm going to kind of butcher it because I don't have it in front of me, but it's sort of the the idea is we feel... Uh, we we, we want to feel comfortable and we feel most comfortable when things don't change, but we feel most alive when they do change. That's a very good quote. I like that. And it's true that we want both. In a way, there's a tension, mm-hmm. somewhat of a conflict, but conflict has a negative connotation to it. Paradox. I think of it more as, as tension between wanting things that are exciting and new. And we, in our culture, really satisfy that with technology and with science and all the benefits that we've gained from progress, all kinds of progress. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can cite medical progress, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so in a way, we satisfy the need for newness and novelty. At the same time, we don't want to get lost. And when I say we, I really think the plural here is important because our self, which is our uh, identity as uh, an individual only makes sense. It only has meaning when we understand it with respect to our relationships to others. Mm. Well, that's a big part of nostalgia too, isn't it? Relationships, feeling connected. It's a huge part of it. One of the major psychological benefits of nostalgia is that by reconnecting us through memories with the people who were important to our development, it reminds us that we are not totally isolated. We are not totally alone. In fact, there is a research showing that when people feel lonely or uh, alienated, uh, their nostalgia increases. Mm-hmm. And when that nostalgic sentiment or emotion increases, then it's it brings comfort. So there's this cycling, almost like a mm-hmm. feedback loop, where you feel lonely And then you remember, you remember, for instance, that there was a time when you were loved Mm. just for who you are, not for what you do or how much you earn or what you've achieved. Mm. You were simply loved. For some people, they might have to remember all the way back to early childhood. Mm. For other people, they might not have to go back so far in their mind or their memory system. But at some point, that love, that unconditional relationship reminds us that we're never totally on our own. Mm. So it does give a real sense of belonging. And even if we're not able to physically be with someone over the holidays, either because of geographic distance or because they've passed away, uh, that nostalgia is sort of like a nice coping mechanism in a way, isn't it? It's an excellent coping mechanism. And if you think about Holiday music in particular, a song like I'll Be Home, if, mm. even, if even in my dream, only in my dreams, yeah. it's, it's what you're talking about, that sometimes the physical union is either no longer possible or it's temporarily not possible. And through our memories and our emotions, we reconnect. And that makes us realize that we have not gotten lost along the way, which is a big deal today because progress has uh, the, the rate of progress has increased dramatically. Mm-hmm. And some of that is very 
obvious to us in concrete ways. People look for the latest software or the newest version of their smartphone. And by latching on to what's going to happen tomorrow, it can start to make us feel that maybe we've gotten lost along the way. The original definition of the word nostalgia is very interesting because it was a made-up word. A physician made it up in 1688. Yes, he was (laughs) writing his medical dissertation, and he really wanted to talk about uh, extreme homesickness as a medical disease. And so he came up with this idea of the word nostalgia, which really translates from the Greek into the suffering or the pain for longing for home. So when you think about the holidays and a lot of the holiday music, the themes of the music revolve around being home for the holidays or having family and home in your heart if you can't be home. Mm -hmm. And so that connection uh, reminds us that we have come a long way from the original definition of homesickness being nostalgia to the newer way of thinking about nostalgia as connecting across time rather than only across place. Mm. Home itself is a really interesting psychological concept because it used to be so important to think about your geographical home. Mm -hmm. And today we have so many people who are being displaced because of Mm. military conflict, etc. And so we're starting to see again people who are challenged with this notion of homesickness. But when you think about the evolution of the word, it reminds us that home became more than just a place. Mm. It has to do with our origins. Mm. So when you think about who you are today, you cannot help but remember how you got here. And that's what nostalgic music does, especially around the holidays, because so many of the themes, the content of them, revolve around this notion of either the people who are important to you in your family or friends Or it also can bring you back to the things that were so magical to you when you were a child, Mm. because a lot of the holiday content has to do with childhood. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How old do you have to be before nostalgia can affect you? Can children feel nostalgic? In my very first data collection, a long time ago, 1994, I started collecting data, we did uh, help children with filling out my inventory. We knew they couldn't read the inventory, uh, but we interviewed them and used the inventory as an interview guide. And we were able to find that children as young as four years old were already able to express the fact that they were nostalgic. And obviously, you know, young children are nostalgic for different things. So one of the aspects of my research was to look at how what you're nostalgic for can change throughout your life. Mm. Children, of course, are going to more likely be nostalgic for concrete things like toys, whereas as you mature, that's not so important to you anymore. Mm -hmm. As you go through life, you become more nostalgic for a couple of interesting categories. One is obvious, all the people you've loved. And the later you are in your lifespan, the more likely you've lost people along the way who have either died or moved away or or ended their relationships. Mm -hmm. So nostalgia for people uh, increases throughout the lifespan. On the other hand, as you get more mature, especially around young adulthood years, Mm -hmm. people start to become nostalgic for the best of childhood, meaning the innocence 
Mm. Uh, when we were children, we didn't know that there were evil mm. things and evil people. We didn't know about the bad stuff. Mm -hmm. And that innocence is so precious. Uh, one of the things holiday music does in when it's performing its best function is to sort of let us revisit childhood in the best sense of thinking of the goodness in the world and the goodness in people. Mm -hmm. And that brings us to magical qualities. You know, the Yeah, and actually before we jump into that, one thought I just had about the reflecting on childhood, another thing that could be nostalgic is if you had a stable, happy childhood and you get to that young adult stage of life where you're in college, you're getting a job, you're looking at getting married possibly, it can you can have this nostalgic look back at childhood like, boy, during that time of my life, I didn't have to worry about anything. <laughs> like mom and dad took care of everything. I wasn't responsible for putting bread on the table or paying the mortgage or, you know, anything like that. That is absolutely correct, and my data are consistent with that. I've found that in many ways. Nostalgia actually peaks in young adulthood, which was surprising when I first found that, but mm -hmm. other people have since replicated that finding. And the reason most likely is because of what you just articulated so nicely. It's a transitional period in your life, both developmentally and in terms of lifestyle and life responsibilities. So whenever there's a major change in life, uh, such as ending a relationship, for example, maybe a divorce or a romantic relationship doesn't work out. It could be something else like changing careers or retirement. Whenever there's a major shift, nostalgia tends to peak. Mm. And it, it has a lot to do with that insecurity, knowing that everything we've been comfortable with, knowing that our obligations, our responsibilities, we knew how to fulfill those or we had help fulfilling them. And now we're going to be on our own to some extent, again, starting off fresh. Mm -hmm. So a new beginning is wonderful. At the same time, it can be a little frightening. Sure. Kind of back to that com feeling comfortable versus feeling alive. And when I think, too, about nostalgia, it's, it's hindsight. It's looking at things that have already happened. And there's not really anxiety associated with that the way there is when you look to the future and the unknown. That is correct. In fact, the emotions that are most characteristically associated with nostalgia are what I call the softer and more pro-social emotions. For example, calmness. I've never found, and other researchers have not found, any negative types of emotions associated with being nostalgic. When someone is nostalgic, they don't tend to get annoyed or be irritable or angry. They tend to be calm and they tend to engage in more compassionate feelings. Empathy mm -hmm. is increased. In fact, there are some research data that show that people are more inclined to be altruistic, mm -hmm. uh, to donate more to charity when they're being nostalgic. It's one reason why fundraising efforts are often uh, facilitated by nostalgic references mm. because people feel like reaching out to others. Nostalgia is a very social emotion and the holidays are very social. That's the time of year when people reconnect and reunite, sometimes mm. physically with uh, family get-togethers, parties, that sort of thing. Today we have uh, obviously the wonders of social media mm -hmm. so that people can reconnect and even relocate people they've lost track of and the holidays is a time when a lot of people do that. Much of the holiday music revolves around that those social themes mm -hmm. as well. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, relationships. What about people who hear Christmas music? They walk into Target and they hear this Christmas music and their primary emotional response to hearing that is mostly bitter, not sweet. Maybe they are overwhelmed with this flash of childhood Christmases that were not pleasant, happy times. What, do you, what recommendations do you have for them? That is very uh, astute on your part because there are different reasons why some people are irritated by or don't like holiday music. One is the one you just mentioned, if they have a bad association. Mm. For the most part, most people have positive associations with the holidays in their uh, childhood and their uh, growing up years. But if someone, for example, either had an unhappy uh, home or maybe someone died around the holidays, they suffer from the anniversary effect where they feel the grief and the sadness, and holiday music can remind them of that. On the other hand, on a more uh, surface level, sometimes just the repetition of it, if it begins in the stores, et cetera, too early, it, we satiate, and satiation means you just uh, the value, the positive emotional value has declined <laughs> to the point where now it's it's sort of hollow. Uh, and I think the depends upon why you're sort of irritated by it. My recommendation is that we always try to search for the positive. So if you don't like particular holiday music, I think that it's important to search for holiday music that you do like or that you can learn to like. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to go back to uh, Santa Claus is Coming to Town or Frosty sure. the Snowman. You can say, gee, I'm going to try one of my favorite artists and mm -hmm. see what their newer albums of Christmas or holiday music uh, is like. Great and idea. maybe discover and start a new tradition. Mm -hmm. Well, Which some of the more recent artists who have recorded Christmas music, it's not all just the old standards that they're re-singing. Uh, I know Sarah McLaughlin and Ingrid Michaelson, John Legend. You know, there's a lot of new recordings that aren't just the old standard carols and the, the songs from the 50s. That's exactly right. So uh, I recommend that people think back to the songs that were positive in their life, or to discover new music, especially if it's uh, by one of their favorite artists, and look for the deeper meaning in the music as well. So you can enjoy it and benefit from music on all the multiple levels. Sometimes it's simply the emotional level. Other times you can add on to that a cognitive process of what is what is it about this that speaks to me? Why is it salient or relevant to me? And while while you're looking for the meaning in the music, that will take you back to the memories and look for what part of your past was so important to making you who you are today. And if there are aspects of that that you're not happy with, that's okay because we don't expect perfection in ourselves or in others or in our lives, but you can use that as a way of moving forward and growing. Mm -hmm. So you get personal growth from both the bitter and the sweet. That's mm -hmm. what I love about nostalgia. It's not just pure, happy, happy, but it's also not depressing. All of the research data show that it can be extremely useful even when people have some negative aspects to their past or have negative memories, unpleasant events, they can use that as raw material to build from. And the data show 
that being nostalgic actually is correlated with optimism, not pessimism. Mm. That's interesting because you're talking about a real redemptive quality about some of those bitter feelings and emotions. When you experience nostalgia and you have that bitter uh, component in it, you can think about the lessons that you've learned from some of those negative times. It can give you hope for the future, can increase your sense of self-worth and self-value in a way. Absolutely. In fact, hope is probably one of the most common themes in much holiday music. And when you think about some of the classics that have been around and endure, uh, around New Year's, you know, the old Lang Syne, mm-hmm. the feelings of a lot of the of the lasting, enduring music can be a little sad because sadness is part of psychological uh, well-being, which is something our culture is a little uncomfortable with. We have this sense of always wanting to be as happy as possible, and culture is so over-focused on 100% happiness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And psychologically speaking, growth doesn't come from that. Growth comes from that wonderful tension between happy and sad Mm -hmm. and learning, as you put it very nicely, from the lessons of our past. Not everything in our past is going to be perfect, Mm -hmm. but it can motivate us to make a better future for not just ourselves, but for others. Holidays help facilitate reaching out to others. Reaching out to others has been shown to be one of the best ways to counteract loneliness, sadness, depression, and feelings of isolation. So the holidays bring us to some of the best in human uh, experience. Mm, Love that. Well, I do have a segment of the show that I call the improv. It's uh, an experiment, a hack, a suggestion that guests give our listeners for how they can enhance life with music. Do you have a suggestion for our listeners today? Well, I would like your listeners to take advantage of the holidays to go back in their uh, reminiscence to the kinds of memories that are elicited by, triggered by, if you would, uh, the holiday songs. And if some of those memories are not helpful, then move on because there's so much holiday music. And ask a question, why is it that certain songs make you feel so good whereas others might not. Find the ones that elevate your mood, make you feel good, and try to analyze what is it about that. And most likely you're going to find that one of the reasons for that is that the song either has content that speaks to you or it has associations in your past. Mm. So a song you might think, I'm not sure why I like this so much, and this is a good time to reach out to others. You can ask someone in your family, do you remember this song? And then they might say, oh, yes, do you remember that uh, grandma taught us that song? Mm. And suddenly a whole new avenue opens up in your memories and you say, oh, yes, I forgot about that. That's why I love the song so much, because at some level it reminds me of grandmother and how much she meant to me as I was growing up. And then do a little comparison. Has the meaning of those special songs changed over the years and do they still uh, mean something to you in the same way or can you now understand them at a deeper level it's analogous to the fact that children understand things at only a child's level 
later when we become adults, we can look back and retrospectively understand those childhood things in a much more profound way. So I invite your listeners to do that with holiday music. Mm, That's a great idea. That could be almost like a self-therapeutic exercise, I would think, when you take those songs and think, why does this connect with me, either in a good way or in a negative way? I like that. Absolutely. Well, you've given uh, me some ways that listeners can connect with you. I'll include these in the show notes and email address, link to your uh, content from Psychology Today's website and some other research. Uh, so I'll include links to those if listeners are interested in digging a little deeper and looking at some more research on this topic. They can do that with those links. Oh, thank you. Yeah. We end each episode with what I call a coda, a musical ending, where guests share a moment where music enhanced their life or had special meaning to them or sharing a song that has special meaning to them. Do you have something you can share with us today? Yes. uh, Some of my fondest memories uh, from the holidays are that when I was a child, people went door-to-door caroling. And what was so special about it was that it brought people together from all different kinds of backgrounds. It's a uniting phenomenon. Mm -hmm. And so the carols they sang, they might sometimes be sung in one language or another. Mm -hmm. In my town, uh, uh, the same carol might be sung in English or in German or in Polish. Mm -hmm. What town was this? This was in Pennsylvania in the northeastern part, okay. a very small town, and the people came together, and they, it was informal. They walked from door to door, and it reminded us of a couple of important points. The holidays are for reaching out and for belonging, and it's about miracles. There should not be divisions among people. There should be unity, and the caroling is a really good example of how different generations, very often there would be three generations of carolers represented in that uh, activity. Mm -hmm. And it brought joy to people who would otherwise maybe be left alone or feeling lonely. And suddenly there they are with the bells ringing and the song singing. Mm. And tell us about the song we're going to hear right now. The song uh, Nebo Izemya means heaven and earth. Uh, You can find it in both Ukrainian and in English easily. And the idea of the song is so appealing to me, has always meant a lot to me, because it's about the transcendence that is represented around the holidays. First, we transcend above and beyond ourselves to other people. But then, the beauty of the song, Heaven and Earth, it's like Christmas represents the transcendence from earth to heaven and back again. So the, the lyrics of the song have everything to do with angels and mortals bringing together people and spiritual beings in this miraculous, wondrous thing. And the beauty of the lyrics is that it culminates with the notion that any darkness, any sadness is destroyed and replaced with joy. Shepherds exclaiming, wondrous times are revealed. 
special thank you to our listener improv contributor today. Julie says, this sounds a little cheesy because it is their slogan, but KTIS, my local Christian radio station, really is uplifting and encouraging. Having KTIS playing makes me focus on what's really important instead of the petty annoyances that are easy to focus on. Julie and I both live in the Twin Cities area where KTIS is broadcast. Neither of us are affiliated with the station. This is not a paid ad, but I also am a fan of KTIS. They have great people there and inspiring programming. They really do enhance lives with music. If you are in the Twin Cities area, uh, Minneapolis-St. Paul, you can listen at 98.5 on the FM dial. And I think anyone can listen online at myktis.com. I know they play a lot of Christmas music this time of year, so check it out if you love Christmas music. And also if you're interested in discovering new Christmas music and starting a new tradition in that way. When I just pulled up their website, there was a Stephen Curtis Chapman Christmas song playing that I didn't recognize as a traditional Christmas song or carol. I only knew it was Christmas related because of the title. Thanks again, Julie. Listeners, send me your improv. Uh, Try this at home, experiment or hack. Tell me a practical, concrete way you enhance life with music. I would love to hear from you. Leave a comment on my website, mpetersonmusic.com slash podcast. Comment on social media. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Or send me an email, mindy at mpetersonmusic.com. If all of the Christmas music has you thinking about Christmas shopping, check out the gift guide that I posted on my website. There are ideas on there that will inspire and create memories with music. I don't receive any compensation or commission for these items. They're just some fun things that caught my eye. 
I do plan to update it regularly by adding to it. I have not done that since posting it last week. I was out of town in Chicago for the Thanksgiving weekend. And side note, our family went to see Hamilton while we were there, which I absolutely loved. I was a little skeptical going in because of all the hype, but it exceeded my expectations and I loved every second of it. So I have not made any updates to the gift guide, but I am posting a link in the show notes to the gift guide recently published by Schmidt Music. There are some great ideas in there. And Schmidt has a gift for one of you listeners. They have again donated a gift card to be given away to a listener to be entered into the $20 gift card drawing. Simply share Enhanced Life with Music podcast on Facebook or Instagram or write a review in whatever podcast app you use. Email a screenshot of your share or review to mindy at mpetersonmusic.com by the end of the day this Sunday, December 8, to be entered in the drawing. Schmidt is a music store headquartered here in the Twin Cities with stores in seven states. It has been family-owned since it started in the late 1800s, and it has a huge selection. Schmidt has one of the largest selections of pianos in the nation and has the best selection of woodwind, brass, and orchestral string instruments in the Midwest. If you are thinking about buying an instrument in time for Christmas, heads up that Schmidt does have its biggest band and orchestra instrument sale of the year coming up on December 14. All details on Schmidt and their gift guide and the drawing, etc. are included in this episode's show notes located at mpetersonmusic.com slash podcast slash episode 19. Thank you so much for listening today, for sharing the show, and for sharing your tips on how you enhance life with music. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe, rate, and review in whatever podcatcher you use, and tell a friend. Until next week, may your life be enhanced with music.